Welcome to First Eight Copites, a podcast for Delaware's Liverpool supporters and their friends. Hey, welcome to the latest edition of First Date Copites podcast. It's April 27th, episode 76, it says here. I think it actually means 20, uh, 27 um, of our fourth season. Um, welcome, dear Feels like 76. <laughs> Maybe I just decided... Feels to... like the first time. <laughs> Feels like the very first time. Well, this has got off to a great start. Um, I, well, um, today we have... Um, not quite a full house, but we've got uh, Daz and, and Justin joining me, Paul. Uh, we are here uh, potentially to do a few different things, but we will at least talk about our last two games, which were wins over Nottingham Forest and West Ham, um, who are both uh, in the relegation battle. Thanks for joining us. So in part one, we'll talk about Forest. Part two, we'll talk about the, uh, the game, which is actually last night, uh, West Ham. And then part three, we'll look ahead to a couple of upcoming games. We've got a series of three games actually at home now. Um, we may kind of drift into uh, conversations about other teams and how we think they're doing and what we think their chances of Europe are. And maybe we'll even touch on the relegation battle. So uh, so thanks for joining us. So um, where do we begin? Um, I, I think Nottingham Forest may be the worst team I've seen this season. Yet somehow uh, we managed to make quite a game of it um, last Saturday. Uh, 3-2, uh, we had the lead uh, three times, and fortunately we held on to it the third time. Um, what, what what were your takeaways from the game? I'll start with you, Justin. Well, first up, I object to the idea that they are the worst team we've seen this season because we scored, <laughs> because we played le- leads, I think, was the worst team we've seen all season. But if I actually want to, you know, get into the kind of the banter part of it, you and I both um, were inside Anfield to see Liverpool score six goals and a half against Manchester United. Just yep. want to throw that out there. Um no, they weren't good. I mean, who who are pretty bad on their day. But but I just so I guess why I think the, the worst team is they were really open and we didn't really take a lot of advantage of that. And the 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 way home of scoring a goal seemed to be essentially relying on set pieces. Um, and they well, uh, created that. Perfectly honest, they were both off of throw-ins. Yeah, I mean, yes. yep. Look, they got lucky because of the fact that they got. Two um, two heavily deflected goals off of throw-ins, where the only thing you can ask yourself is, "What were we doing?" Because neither of those are how you defend a throw. I don't even want to get into the particulars of them because it'll just make me angry, and I don't want to be angry about a game we won. But this game played to the same pattern that I felt like Leeds played to a bit, and to the same pattern that. You mean leads away? Right before Le- yeah, leads away. Who do we mm-hmm. play right before leads? Um, Arsenal. Oh, yeah. But it felt like the same kind of pattern where it's just like we, we, we felt out a game for 40 minutes and the game state was uh, one that, you know, took us to the half at nil-nil, but we scored immediately after the half. Like, we've been slow to feel teams out while having a lot of the ball. Yep. And... It feels like we do need to have, find a way to pick up the tempo in attack earlier in games, because it is a tough way to ride your. It is a tough way to ride home constantly if you're just dominating possessions, but dominate possession, but look blunt. Because we've been relying on set pieces for 
you know, goals for the better part of the past few years. And that seems like a thing that's come back into our play. Yeah. But we need to see more consistency of it. I, I, I definitely think there's something in that. If you look at kind of where the goals have come from, um, we've had a lot of, so, so we'll talk about the West Ham game, but uh, we, we've had a lot of chances in games this season that we really haven't taken, um, which, which might be a concern in, in the run-in. Um, Daz, so let me frame this. Um, so do you think we were good uh, against Forest and just bad in moments or bad and good in moments? The first one. I just wanted to talk to something that Justin had just said there. I think that we're using a, a significant chunk at the beginning of games, at least in the last two, as a means to try and allow Trent to, fig- to, to, to work through the system that we're using with Trent. So you're right, it is kind of sterile, sterile possession. We're not, we're not necessarily creating a broad swathe of chances, swath, I guess, depending on where you're from. But I think that Flop is using that as almost a live fire training exercise to get Trent up to speed and, or to allow everyone to kind of to, to figure it out. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is kind of, it is a little, it's frustrating because it's not like we didn't do it in the past. I think that a lot, a lot of people have lobbied the same, not complaint necessarily, but charge against us that we generally tend to start games slowly. But the flip side of that is the ones that we did start quickly, we ended up going down in. Uh, Crystal Palace comes to mind. Uh, Bournemouth comes to mind. Yep. Uh, the, the, the original Bournemouth game. Uh, no, no, no. One the, away. The away one. Yeah, 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 the second Bournemouth game. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, I, th- I think I think that we were good and poor in moments. And I, I th- I'm pretty sure this, this is in the agenda later on because I'm pretty sure I put it there. But we generally tend to be the agents of our own downfall, and it's it's making poor decisions at key moments. And for whatever reason, this year we've been getting punished for them almost like at, at almost at 100% strike rate. Uh, we lose the ball, they score. Uh, we give the ball away, they score, or it leads to a very good scoring opportunity. So um, I think you're right. Forest is not a very good team. They're, they're, just, they're just not. Um, the position in the league would, 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 would probably agree with, what, with the, the overalls, our overall uh, synopsis of them as, as a footballing organization. Yeah. Um, and it shouldn't have been that close. And I think Justin's right. Like it's, it's one of those, those, those victories that you come with. Like, I fucking hated that win so much. Because it just like how do you get undone by two throw-ins? Almost three. Like there was the one that that hit the crossbar. Who was that? Yeah. Uh, Johnson. Brennan Johnson. Yeah. Brennan Johnson. Johnson yeah. 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 And that would have that would have been three three. Am I correct in that? It would have been three three. And yeah. that's the only one of the three that was like a clear cut chance because the yeah. other two were heavily deflected. Like Nico Williams isn't trying to shoot that ball. Yeah. He might today he was, but it's a it's a. It's a cross that Robertson just gets in front of in a bad way. Yeah. I was surprised they didn't award that as an own goal, actually. I was too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what the well, Johnson's problem was he had no one to deflect it in off, so we were fine. Yeah. <laughs> we were safe. Right, right. No, I mean, deflections happen. The, the, the Morgan Gibbs-White goal is a heavy deflection. The thing that's more annoying is just the amount of time he has at basically the penalty spot off of a second ball. 
That's that's what's really annoying. But that that's that that goal irritated me so much. Yeah, because Jada's goal, Jada's second was a really pretty goal, and it deserved to stand as the winner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's move on to talk about the good stuff. Um, so four goals in two was two games. I guess it's now three games. Um, we convinced Jota is back. Or, or um, are we still? Uh, so, so there are people in the camp saying uh, we need to sell Jota and buy someone else. Um, I'm not personally in that camp, but uh, I have heard that. I mean, if you're willing to live with the idea that every player has a price, if you get an overwhelming offer for Diogo Jota, considering the other needs we have, maybe you consider it. Yeah. But like, I'm, I'm, I'm not in a rush to get rid of the guy. I like him, and I think he's a good footballer. Well, well, of course, in the Twitterverse, um, then everybody can, you can sell everybody, right? Because these are people who learned their football playing football manager. Um, like, like when they when they go on about we should have got rid of Cater and Chamberlain. It's like, yeah, you need to have someone who wants to buy. Uh, let's start with that. And you know, if the offer's uh, derisory, then what are you going to do? Um, so well, I think if you had to ask me after after a couple of particular matches, specifically when he first came back. Mm-hmm. When when my chimp was out and 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 flinging poop, I would have said yes. It's it might be time to consider like you might be washed. In fact, I think I might have said that in our group. So you could probably go back and and actually say, well, yeah, on April fifth, you said this. But I'd have to sift through way too many comments. <laughs> right, right, right. Take your word for it. On April fifth, you said we should get rid of. Him. Okay, we, we go. <laughs> um, but. He is. He's a good footballer. Uh, he's. It he can be. Sometimes it can be frustrating, even in the games that he scored in. Yeah. It's like he was. He was. I. Asked, I did say this. It's like what. The, he's like. He's just a shade of his former self. And then true to true to true to the jinx that I seem to be is as soon as I say one thing that I'm that made a complete plonker of by that particular player, which I'm always happy to be to be wrong. But he, was, he was. He wasn't particularly good at the beginning of that game, and next thing you know, he's leads. Leads. Same thing. It was like. Yep. And then I know we can, I'm fast forwarding a little bit here, but it's, it's got to do with Jota, but like that, the first one that he missed against that would have put us two, one up uh, uh, against West Ham. That, look, it's, it sat up on him, but there was, it was, a, it was a, it was a very makeable shot. And this, what did you say, Justin? The, the, the header was a, a 0.5 chance. It's like a 0.5 XG chance. Yeah. Wow. So it's, it's a, it's a significantly it's an good extremely shot. high value chance yeah. for a header. He's as yeah. good as he is with his head. It's, but he's, he's just that it's an, player. It's, it's, think, a, it's an unmarked head. It's, I mean, it's an unmarked header inside the two, inside the frame of the goal from about five yards away. Yeah. 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 It's not it a center. It, it was the one he headed into the side netting too. That was a couple of weeks ago as well. Yeah. Yeah. From like five yards out, he was on the back stick, and I forget who was against. It might have been Leeds. It was against Leeds. It was against Leeds. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But we were told this by Wolves fans when he came. It's like the guy will score like four and three games, and then you won't see him again for another three or four games. He has been more prolific for us than he was for them. To be yeah. fair to him, um, we create a lot more than they do, though. Yeah, yeah. True. That's true. That's true. true. I mean, doesn't a lot of this come back to the question about when you're evaluating attacking footballers? Would you rather have a guy who scores, you know, who, who is seen as clinical but doesn't but doesn't get as many chances, or would you rather have a guy who just maybe might not be as clinical but just continues to get scores and scores of chances? I'll always take the second guy, yeah, because more chances to score is better than 
varying a significantly more limited amount. Yeah, I, th- I, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think you're absolutely right. I'm just wondering though, does you didn't post something after the Forest game saying he's back, did you? Because he didn't look like he was back yesterday. Um, we'll get we'll get to that. Um, uh, I'll scroll through the 14.5 no, million messages and see if I can find it. Okay, so a um, couple, couple of other things just to wrap up. Um, we can talk about this in any situation, but uh, obviously this was another game where Trent occupied a slightly different position, and you know, Cop keeps saying uh, like he's been there before. But I do think he's much more in the middle of the field now than he was in his previous incarnation of playing forward. Um, and I think so. I saw someone tweet, uh, and maybe we can start there. They said, uh, I think we have to acknowledge that Trent is a midfielder now, occasionally will fill in a right back rather than a right back who's playing in midfield. Um, I don't know how true that is, but uh, it's kind of an interesting observation. What do you think, Justin? Trent? I think I'm getting bored about everybody's like need to be a tactical uh, genius. <laughs> like <laughs> he's seeing more of the ball in more central areas, right? Yeah. That's all. I, that, that's all I've wanted to see. And I think that we're better when we do that. But like, I don't need to pretend that I understand like every single motion that because I mean, this is all like Guardiola stuff, where like what he's been doing, and it's co- yeah. people are copycatting something that works because that's how football works. And we have a guy who can do that well. So, yeah, we're doing great. But I'm not going to pretend to understand exactly how the coverage and transition works or what are the triggers to move in field or not. Like, it's good. He sees more of the ball. He's been able to control the tempo of games a lot more. Um, And I think some of the sterile piece that, you know, Daz and I have been alluding to might just be that it's him finding his range throughout the game and then, you know, once he finds it, other teams are screwed. But like, yeah, some of the passes he's hit in the last few in the last few games are astonishingly good, yeah. and that's the footballer I love. Yeah, I, I don't think uh, actually. I I feel like he was much more impactful against Leeds and against West Ham than necessarily was against Forest. Is that, am I am I am I did I did I miss the impactfulness in that game? In West Ham or, or not? No, against Forest. I don't think he was as impactful against Forest. It, it doesn't matter if he was as impactful or not against Forest because ultimately that ball he puts in for solid to put us up 3 2 happens. That's it's a game it. of moments. Yep. Was that I, I, I'd, I'd argue that perhaps West Ham, like I, I, I know, I, well, I don't have to go that far back for this one, but I'm pretty sure that one of my comments to us was that he was playing out of his absolute skin in the first half yesterday. Mm-hmm. There was the one, and granted Antonio dithers on the ball for a little bit too long, but he comes back and intercepts that ball. That should it get past him, uh, whoever, that might have been Bowen, he's in the back post, he could knock it in with his hat. Or he's one-on, not necessarily with his hat, but he's one-on-one with, with Ali, like uh, between, the, between the posts. And like he, he made it back to cut that out. So he was, he, he was I felt like he was, he, was, he was pretty much everywhere. So it's, I think that as, as as much as Klopp is about minutia and details in games, I think for for okay, let me put it this way: I think the best movies that Nicolas Cage is acting is when the director says, "Go out and be Nicolas Cage." And I get the sense that that's what's happening with with Trent now. It's like it's it's like we, this is what we would like you broadly to to, to accomplish. However, you can we would like to see what you can conduct from here on out and. I, I'm not trying to play armchair uh, uh, tactician here. Sorry, Justin. I know that. Did. 
That's fine. You're an armchair tactician. I have, a, I have a totally different question for you. What? Okay. Have okay. you seen the uh, the Nicolas Cage movie, the, the most recent one, a heartbreaking work of stack? Uh, one I can't remember. The uh, the the, um, the massive weight of unbearable talent. No, I haven't seen that one yet. If you want to see Nicolas Cage be Nicolas Cage in a movie, this will see you being. This is Nicolas Cage being Nicolas Cage in ways that Nicolas Cage could not have even possibly Nicolas Caged. Then I will definitely watch it. One movie that you do not want to watch where Nicolas Cage is definitely not Nicolas Cage is a 2009 movie called Knowing. And I know that because I just bloody watched it and I want those two fucking hours of my life all the way back. It was horrendous. Oh, you're, you're going to love this movie. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm texting you a link to it right now. That's my homework then. I'm, it's on. All right. Oh, so so anyway, back to the football. We can put that in the link. No, Nicolas Cage. <laughs> did, he show, did he go to a Premier League game at one point, Nicolas Cage? Am I imagining this? Feel like he was, at, he was at some Premier League game. It was probably a game in London. I don't know. Um, Who do you think Nicholas Cage would support? Oh, uh, probably a London team. I don't know. I feel like he. I, I think I feel like he could be like a, a kind of a loose cannon Burnley guy, just like <laughs> kind of kind of picking at random. I, I um. So I I'm going to check this. But, but uh, who does, it, who does Nicholas it. Cage support? <laughs> Nicholas Cage, Premier League, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, final, final thing. Uh, I thought Salah's finish actually was uh, really. You, you mentioned that Justin was really impressive. Again, he was being dragged back as he uh, as he shot, but this time he managed to uh, put the ball in the net uh, despite the attention of the uh, Forest defender. Um, Nicholas yeah. Cage is Nottingham Forest curious. Oh, okay. All right. Told you. Yeah. Random. You're right. Obviously, you're much more on on the ball when it comes to you know, Nicolas Cage's preferences than I am. Okay. Uh, anything else to say about Forest? Uh, the Forest game. Um, I, oh, I had one more thing. I thought the um, the, the gesture uh, were they mm-hmm. uh, those the, the couple of people who I think had been at Hillsborough um, created the banner, um, which said various things, including solidarity with the survivors. I was really touched when I heard um, Damon Cavana talking yeah. about it, and and you could feel like he was kind of welling up about the, like, wow, not heard that in 30-odd years. Um, but, like, there might have been some solidarity in the weeks afterwards, but that got lo- seemed to have got lost. So yeah. it was, That was a beautiful... That was that really was fantastic. That was in the post-match pint, right? Yeah. Or the, the post-match, yeah. Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, someone was talking. I believe in that they said that they had like a small documentary about it, and the first five minutes of that, when before that, you knew it was actually Nottingham Forest supporters talking about Hillsborough. You you would have thought that they were they were Liverpool fans. Yeah, Yeah. how traumatized they were by it too. I I think that one of the guys who um, organized it was his name. They called him Peachy, uh, and I think he had been at Hillsborough, and he said that. they had approached the club kind of several times, mm-hmm. for us, that is, to say, you know, we've got our own people who've, who've tried to deal with trauma. And the club had basically said, oh, this is a Liverpool thing. It's not about us. And it's like, hmm, interesting. Anyway, it seems like the new regime or whoever's running things has is, is, is decided that actually maybe there are Forest fans with post-traumatic stress um, uh, uh, along with the Liverpool fans and the, they perhaps need to acknowledge that. Yeah, it was it was it was a it was a class gesture. Mm-hmm. It was. 
And, and I, you know, it, it's just class. It's more than a gesture. Yeah. 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 Loved it. Um, turns out the, uh, one of the forest funds who was responsible for it, I read this in the athletic, um, lived in the same village as one of the 97. Um, mm-hmm. and there's a plaque in the, in the village, um, which, uh, he, uh, apparently reg- regularly drops off flowers at, um, no, but that was, uh, so anyway, good people out there. Um, and hopefully, uh, they they won't be the the last uh, to have solidarity with survivors. Okay, I think we'll end part one there. Hey, welcome back to part two of First Day Copites. We are going to now talk about uh, yesterday's game against West Ham. Um, I think. We, I think, we agreed. Uh, several people agreed with me. I don't know if it was you <laughs> that this was probably the toughest game we have left. Um, just West Ham being uh, generally not an easy place to go to. I know they're managed by David Moyes, and maybe we could talk a little bit about that. But um, overall, um, I thought the performance was pretty good. I had a bit of a concern about some of the big chances we gave up, um, but we should not. I, it should not have been two one. It should have been, I don't know, three, four, five, and maybe we'll talk about the concern about us actually scoring when we're uh, we have that much. Um... Overall, what do you make of the game, Justin? Um, first off, it was really actually nice to see us go down away from home and immediately spring ourselves back into the game. Great point. Yep. It, it, it's it's a thing that's like. Up until this point this season, when we've gone down in a game away from home, do you have any confidence that we're going to do anything? It's almost like we've died at that point. Every single, like I think this is actually our first reclaimed points in the league coming from a losing position away from home. Yep, I think you're right. Yeah, it, wow. it's it's sad that that's you know taken till almost May to do, but you know, be, it, it's it's an improvement in closing the season out strong. Um, has. Uh, it's something that we need to do for a variety of reasons, least of which is that, you know, most of which is the top four still, you know, a thing that can happen. But um, I- I'm going to highlight one particular player because we've spoken about Trent and he was exceptional yesterday, but I think Cody Gakpo was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fantastic. Just every single week seeing him play, he just looks better and better. The game intelligence is really good. He's engaged off the ball. On the ball, he seems to find and make the right decision to get us up the pitch into good attacking areas. And yesterday was the first time we actually got to see him uh, shoot from distance. And that's a, it's a hell of a, it's a well-placed shot when he had just a tiny window. Um, Really good footballer. Glad I got to watch him yesterday. Look forward to having him around for a bit. There was an interesting comparison today. I'm glad you're going in this direction, actually, because an interesting comparison that uh, I don't know if James Pierce was making today, uh, that uh, Gakpo is, I think, seven weeks older than Nunez. Uh, and I think the point of the article was, you know, he, Gakpo speaks English. Um, he has played in a lot of kind of more technical systems than Nunez has and generally appears to have, at this point, a lot more football intelligence um, and to be frankly, a much more of a Liverpool player um, than, uh, than Nunez. And that's not to say Nunez won't you know, do things, but I think it speaks a lot about Gakpo 
I think it's his adaptability too. You can see that he's learning. He's, he's, he's absorbing what Klopp is asking him to do. And it's been week on week that you can see. The only reason I don't love Cody Gakpo more is because Bobby Firmino is right next to him. In, and I'm, I'm not ready to let him go. It, it just speaks to me being an emotional infant, really, is more, more than anything else. <laughs> but uh, he, was, he is fantastic to watch because he's a big fella. Yeah. He, he will, he, he, he can, for the most part, he can soak up the pressure. Like there's, there's still some, some parts of his game that they can, they can use some refining, but it's all there. And, and, and it's all on display for us now to be able to see. Like he's, he's, he's producing. He, we picked him, what, we got him in January? It's like four and a half months, almost five months into in, into him playing for us, and you can already see like blooming happening. Whereas I, I'm not, I'm I'm not throwing Nunez out out of hand here, but it's he he doesn't he doesn't seem to want to adapt to what Klopp is asking him to do. And yesterday was it was evident, like and because Justin and I talk about this all the time on these here airwaves and 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 in the text thread too. It's What's infuriating is Klopp's system relies on pressure, like pressure from the front. Yeah. And I'm like, mate, you just came on. Shake a leg a little harder to close that space. You have center backs making 40, 50-yard unpressured passes at an end of a game, where, which means that we have to retreat. Whereas if we can squeeze that space a little bit more, it gives us, it gives us more to work with, and you're just not doing it. Like you just came on. You can you can put like at five six extra miles per hour on what you're doing right there, and it would make it that much more difficult for these guys that have 85 minutes in their legs to welly a ball 45 yards up or 45 50 yards up a pitch. Yeah. It's yeah, just it's, frustrating it, to watch. Whereas Cody Gakpo likes to hunt. Gakpo understands when to also step off and block a passing lane, and Darwin doesn't get that yet. Like Darwin, part of the reason we have to play Darwin to the left, and it's and this has been the alarming and annoying thing for. I don't want to say alarming because I think he can figure. Like he's he's a big, big physical guy. He has the. It's not a physical capacity thing. It's going to be just comfort in doing it kind of thing for him. Mm-hmm. But you have to play him on the left out of possession. Yeah. Because he actually needs the sideline. Yeah. Yeah. He he needs the sideline to help him, like out of possession, and that's not a good attribute to have for a pressing te- for 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 a pressing team. But it's basically you're going to have a hole in the blanket someplace. Where do you rather have it be? You'd rather have it be where it can, you know, where it's, you know, not covering your feet or not covering your hands, and you adjust rather than like let's put a giant hole in the middle of it. Yeah. Uh, and I do think it's a lot of the reason why he hasn't played a lot down the middle um, because of exactly that. Like that's him not blocking passing lanes in that central situation where Firmino would and Gakpo clearly can. Um, that gives everyone else in the team a lot of headaches to deal with. Well, another thing is like, he's, he's great with a lot of grass in front of him, but a lot of the teams that we play don't offer a lot of grass in behind or any grass period. Like yeah. look at the way that West Ham played uh, for us for the most part as well. You had like seven to eight people within 15 yards of one another. Like there wasn't a lot of space, probably even less, less room than that. And it's, he's, He's not as – I don't believe he's as technically proficient – not gifted. Gift is not the right word. Proficient as, as say, a Gakpo is. A Gakpo's got the shirt because he's, he's doing what Klopp's asking him to do. 
and he's and he's managing to stick it in the in, in the back of the net too. So and again, this is like I'm I'm not here to dig to dig Nunez out. I just I and I think that we said this to Sean as well. I love the fact that we have to let everyone behind our curtain that we that, that we, we like like to see the great odds that we are. Um, but I said this I said this to Sean. I don't, and I just you might have said this as well. I don't think that that Klopp had intended to to use. Uh, um, Nunez as much as as much as he oh, no. probably no. has. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, uh, and and the, there is a sort of a you can tell, definitely take this two different ways, right? There's a, there's a lot of talk about how intelligent the Gakpo is and how he's like voracious about learning, and and the implication is that maybe Nunez needs a lot more time to kind of adjust, which is which is would have been perfectly fine in a normal season. But um, yeah. this has not been a normal season, obviously. I don't really think that there was ever going to be a thought of, um, you know, Jota was going to miss some games, but I don't think you anticipated that he was going to miss as much of the season as he did. Nobody anticipated that Diaz effectively would miss the entire season. Mm-hmm. Um, Bobby's been in and out of the squad because of injury. Like, he's had to play more than we wanted to. Like, we had to buy a forward in January to just have enough forwards to actually play. Yeah. And... People can sit there and say, you know, when it, going back to Gakpo, that oh, oh, a midfielder might have been the better choice there at that time. Yeah. But if we finish the season on a high note, Gakpo is incorporated, and we still have to go buy midfielders this summer, which we have to do regardless. Like, yep, it might not be a decision that in the long run is bad. No. No. It seems the entire premise of how do you balance the short term versus the long term? Because yeah. Gakpo is going to be a good player for us. And going forward, it's not inconceivable that Gakpo could be um, actually a fourth striker um, with uh, with wingers and potentially Nunez through the middle against certainly against the bottom ten. Um, that might actually yeah, be Nunez. Is, Nunez is going to play. He's going to have his opportunity. We paid way too much money for him not to. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, Klopp has, Klopp has showed. I, I, I'd be interested to know. Did you think this is like a tactical change? Out of necessity or by design, because what he's done with Trent seems to have reinvigorated us vis-a-vis the fact that this is the first time this season, I believe, that we've put three together, three wins together on the bounce. It is, yeah. And it just seems Italy, that, that yeah. coincides with kind of this. I think, I, th- I think it's out of necessity because I think that base. I think it's conceding the point that playing Trent Alexander-Arnold as an orthodox right back exposes the bad parts of his game, which is he play make him defend way too much and limits the good parts of his game, which is doesn't give him as many opportunities and touches of the ball, right? Because if you give a player like Trent, the more touches you give him, the the more you're gonna, he's going to do different things than he does when he's just being charged with playing a lot of high-risk stuff. Right. And the more touches he has, the more he scares other teams. He could kill you. You know what they say about necessity, right? It makes an ass out of you and me. Wait, is I that the right one? I think I might have crossed up my... I thought it was the mother <laughs> of invention. Yeah, that's the one I was looking for. Thank you. Yeah. I think you were talking about assumptions, the ass... And, See? Uh, See? Uh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, so, so um, apparently, uh, Gary Lineker on uh, Match of the Day, or whatever it's called in the UK, last night said that uh, he thought Trent was the best passer of the ball uh, in English football. And I don't know whether he meant Englishman playing or whether he meant actually he's just the best player in the Premier League passing. 
Um, I mean, apart from De Bruyne, I mean, I don't know. There's too many other people in that conversation, are there? Yeah, we got one on our team. Yeah. Mr. Alcantara. Jesus, Sean. I said this to you last week, Paul. Like, it's yeah. like just, just the way that he leads players and the way that like he feathers balls and they kind of, it sits, yeah. uh, he's, he's an unbelievable passer of the ball. It's like, he's almost like it's a, it's magical. I'm not saying he gets it right all the time, but like just to watch it when he gets it right is is yeah. Is, well, I mean, West West Ham have a midfielder pa- midfield passer of the ball that I wouldn't kick out of bed for eating cookies in uh, Lucas Paqueta. Not terrible, is he? Yeah. Not terrible at all. They, so he was injured for a period, and they were mm-hmm. awful. And now he's back. They appear to have at least recovered something of their uh, of their season. Um, Let me yeah. ask you this: uh, There seems to be a little bit of a uh, of a debate as to whether or not that that Ali should have been better for that goal, or that Paqueta took it that well using Virgil as as a as a blind, that that there was it was it was a masterful strike. I was surprised he didn't get to it, but I think they showed a shot from behind, and Matip it was was blocking his view. So he was it didn't Matip see. It was Virgil. It was Matip. Yeah, Virgil gave him a lot of space to shoot. Mm-hmm. Like you can, I, I, I think it's a worldy of a shot. I think you can argue that Henderson should probably put a tackle in, and then Virgil shouldn't be backing off of him and inviting him to shoot. What was that? Virgil? I don't. So it was the, the person who was blocking uh, uh, Allison's view was Matip. Um, Virgil, he, Virgil could have stepped out a bit more to him. Would have invited a deflection. Yeah. Um, but we also, but that's the other thing. We don't block shots from distance. That's not a thing we do. We bank on the fact that Ali is going to save them. Yeah, yeah, but but at our best, we that usually means that the, they cover part of the goal and he saves it in the other bit. That was completely the opposite. Like Matip, I, I'm guessing was supposed to be blocking the right side of Allison's goal and didn't. Uh, and therefore, he was you know he was waiting for the shot going the other way. At our best is doing a lot of work for how we've been this season. <laughs> Oh, uh, oh, that's so 2022. We've been we've been really off. I mean, I, I, the, the 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 criticism of Van Dijk at uh, United earlier this season about how he didn't, you know, why didn't he come out? Because he was kind of doing what they used to do really well, which is he blocks a bit of the goal and Allison covers the other part, uh, and it was really poorly coordinated. Um, I, I will say that our center backs had very strange games yesterday because we won everything in the air. Mikel Antonio, I believe, won one of the headed opportunities, mm-hmm. and Van Dyke and Matip were, I think, 19 out of 20. Right? I was very surprised by that. They won everything in the air. Now, Van Dyke is getting killed because of the bow and goal that didn't stand by the fact that he he never made any attempt to engage him. Yeah. Um, I'm going to make the I'm going to make a counterpoint, which is I don't necessarily care because anything that happens after you step up to cause a man to go offside is um, a thing that never actually happens. Mm-hmm. because it might as well not. That is how the game works. You stop play at the point of offside, and you resume play. So anything that happens afterwards didn't. That said, he probably still could have t- contested the shot that Bowen took or made a play on Bowen, because I'm not sh- sure that you know that you're going to get that offsides. But yeah. also, I, would, like, I think that we all know that it's exactly the same thing that Paul just talked about. Virgil will try to cut down as much of the the obvious angle as possible without overcommitting and allowing Ali to do Ali things behind him. That was a phenomenal strike. Yeah, 
Now, which, no matter which way you slice it, it was a, it was really, really well taken. Pretty much hit the post and went in, right? I mean, he was yeah, the, like Gakpo's did, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. In a different fashion, but the same thing. It had to be pinpoint perfect to get in. Yeah, I, I, I agree, agree. I think, um, I, well, I mean, it's fashionable, isn't it, to uh, to say that uh, Van Dijk is not the player he was? But I actually think since the World Cup, it feels to me like he actually has been a lot more engaged and and. You know, Sean Rogers made this point on the Anfield rap uh, yesterday, today, um, where he said that he thinks that Van Dyke and Trent were really pissed off with the new system they were trying to introduce. And now this change they've made uh, suits them both. They both feel a lot more protected. Well, I, I said this to someone yesterday. I was like, I feel like Virgil Van Dyke is probably one of the players that's most in need of a, of a summertime break. Yeah. Because he has played a tremendous amount of football, considering the, the 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 extent of his injury and the severity of his injury, and how and how much he's played and how much was expected of him as a, like when he came back. Because like, one of the things that people don't talk about enough is like is the mental. Look at look to, look someone in our same in the, in the same team. Alex Oxlade Chamberlain never quite came back the same player. You could say it's physical, but I feel like it's more than that. Yeah, there's 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 a there's a psychological aspect to an injury like that too. Yeah, do you trust your knee? Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. like you withhold that extra five, ten percent. And for us mere mortals, that's that's nothing. But for them that's well it's significant. So I think with with uh, Virgil, it, that was a I feel like that was a big factor. I mean I I, you know, I I don't know him personally, but obviously, but um I feel like his performances where he was a bit more tentative before the World Cup were a lot about I want to play in the World Cup. <laughs> Uh-huh. Um so um what else about West Ham? Um we haven't mentioned um that awful scouser who played in midfield also, um that somehow whole load of people don't seem to like. Um who but he's played three games in a row and the three games we've won, right? Curtis Jones. So so I'll admit to the fact that like throughout a lot of the season I thought that either selling him or loaning him out makes sense for only one reason. He's a talented player who needs to play, and if he doesn't play, he's not going to develop. Yeah, he's not going to develop. But if the plan is for us to actually use him and play him, and he's going to play like this, yeah, go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes me happy because I would always rather a guy from the academy, and in particular a scouse kid, um, make it at Liverpool Football Club. That that's that's that 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 you know um, war- warms my heart. I think Daz would express that mildly differently, but that's also because he and I are. I'm 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 Yen. He's Yang. Um, <laughs> Is it stirring in my loins? <laughs> there we uh, go. You got it. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's basically like he's he's doing a lot of things that we've needed in our midfield. He's contesting for the ball and he's trying to win it. Mm-hmm. When he gets it, um, he still has those moments where he doesn't know when to release it. But the other thing is, though, he doesn't lose it. Like he completes passes. He's very hard to take the ball from. Those are all things you need in the midfield. They're in particular, one that you're using when you go away from home. Like, Ginny Wijnaldum was fantastic for us as a midfielder in away games, Just which is ironic and astonishing considering his tremendous inability to score in, in away games, I think, effectively until we got to Roma. Yeah, um, true. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, um, I'm a... I'm a I'm a, I'm a fan of his, and I'd like him to make it. But like he's he's been a good pressure valve, and he's he's injected youthfulness and legs into our midfield. And well, I would like to see him start against Spurs again. 
Well, he, he, so we'll talk about lineups for the games coming up, but it, his, the, I, I wish I'd captured them. Um, I did hear his pressing stats uh, in the last, well, the West Ham game, they were pretty astonishing. Uh, just how many recoveries he'd made, just how many presses. Um, how many? I can tell you that right now. Oh, that'd be really awesome. It, w- it was impressive anyway. Uh, and I think we said that, did we say this last week, Daz? Well, I certainly feel like we should have said it last week, which is, you know, if this guy came from, I don't know, uh, some some yeah. French team for 40 million, million. you'd be like, wow, yeah. he's really good. Yeah. All right, here, here you go. Let's start with possession-based stats. Yeah. 67 out of 71 accurate passes. That's completing 94% of your yeah. passes. Center back, back like numbers from a midfielder. Created three chances, none of them big. Eighty-nine touches, dispossessed twice, uh, four ball recoveries, two interceptions, attempted thirteen duels on the ground, four in the air. Okay, so okay. he was very, very active, and that's what you need. And even if you don't win duels, if you just force someone backwards, it's still fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the you... biggest part of of Curtis's game, and I and I think this is one thing that potentially limited his chances. He was he wasn't doing what Klopp asked him to do. Like he's developed a completely different facet to his game. He was the high risk guy to 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 to, to Justin's point. He was the guy that like that liked to try and shake and bake. He was and he he's completely readapted, like, evolved his game yeah. to to fit more into what Klopp is asking for. And ironically, I personally would like to see him do a little bit more of what what we we saw of him as as a when I say much younger player. It's not like he's. He's not, really, he's, he's, he's not very long player. in the tooth, yeah. 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 So, but he, and I think that's one of the reasons that Klopp will cho- is choosing him now is because he's doing, he's he's being done what he asked to do, and I think that that players like Harvey might not necessarily be able to do what Curtis does, and Carvalho's not there yet because they're both they're kind of similar style players. They like to advance the ball through dribbling, which is what Curtis used to be like kind of renowned for that, that, that more cavalier swashbuckling style play. And now he's like, he is, he's very genie, genie Wijnaldum esque. He just throws his ass in there, holds the ball, soaks up the pressure and he'll pass the ball sideways 15 yards or 20 yards. And he's very, well, that the statistics that Justin just, just, just gave us would, would, would back up the fact that he's, he's very, He's very efficient with his with what he's doing with the ball, which is what that sounds like something that Klopp has asked him to do. It's like I'm not asking you to put a ball around the corner that's a, a speculative at best. I want you. To, I, we need to maintain possession. I need you to hold on to the ball. Yeah, I actually heard someone do a comparison. Apparently, this is a Gerard comment when someone asked him about his pass completion numbers being like not great, um, and he said, "Well, I can have Joe Allen's pass completion numbers who have played like Joe Allen." But people are asking me to take risks and find, you know, the the the, the pass through the middle, and sometimes that doesn't work. Doesn't work, I, yeah. I think at this moment, uh, Jones is is probably a bit more akin to uh, Joe Allen, and I do think we'd like him to be maybe be, be a bit more like Steven Gerrard in moments. But, but he uh, can grow. He has that in yeah. his locker. It's not yeah. like it, it doesn't exist. Yeah. It's, so potentially as he becomes you – know, I remember his first game back when in, the, in this run, was like, he was very tidy is the way that I described him. Yeah. yeah. He was like, you could see that he was feeling his way back into it. He'd been asked to do something. This is the game plan. And he stuck to the game plan. And I guarantee you it itches at every part of his, of his soul that he's, that, he's, that he's doing this. But he's learned something else. 
Like he can always access the stuff that he was before that, that, that lives with that resides in every cell in his body. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. But I don't think it's Gerard that he needs to be. No, it was about the risk. That's an unfair character. He needs to be a genie. (laughs) So he is being genie. Uh, My point is there may be opportunities for him to take more risks. Um, Yeah. uh, I mean, it all depends upon how we use because we're using them a lot for ball progression. So, like, do you want your ball progressor to take risks or do you want your creators to take risks? I think if if Diaz is outside of him, then they might be more open to yes uh, to take risks. He will have the ability to thread balls down yeah. the yeah. around. Like okay. the the archetype for that kind of relationship should be the pass that Robertson made to Gakpo for the first against United, where. Okay. You have the checkbacks and you can run onto something. Yeah. Um, thank you for mentioning the, the seven nil again. I think we should. I, I, I come to it regularly. I mentioned stop. it at work to someone today. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, so, so. Are you a United fan? Oh, no, he's a Liverpool fan. There we go. I, so I, I should tell you, uh, someone reminded me of a conversation I'd had with this United fan years ago uh, where, uh, like, he was from Manchester and the guy was surprised at this guy's hostility. And anyway don't need to go into the uh they reminded me of the conversation this week and i told my wife about the conversation she said what would you do if you met that guy again i'm like oh that's easy seven nil <laughs> not to <laughs> no seven nil that's that's all i would need to say right it's like jerk anyway um final thing on, on curtis jones uh, i think worth pointing out when uh when when tiago came on tiago played on the right and curtis stayed on the left which I thought was very, very interesting. Um, maybe we should leave it there. It's the end of part two. We'll be back in part three. We'll look ahead. And uh, yeah, we're not going to mention any cheats in that conversation, but we might look at one or two other teams. Hey, welcome back to part three of First Day Copites podcast. Uh, we're going to look ahead. So, uh, okay, three run, three wins in a row. Uh, we're going to continue that run. Well, we've got three matches coming up at home. Uh, we're going to kick off with Spurs. Spurs who today um, drew with United. And you may have seen this game, Daz. I, uh, Justin and I did not. Um, but uh, clearly they've got a brand new manager who was the assistant to the previous manager, who was the assistant to the previous manager, which is quite quite funny, I think. Um, we play them on Sunday. It's the 4.30 kickoff. Uh, so uh, obviously it won't be dark, but it should be um, it should be loud. Um, let, let's start, start with them. Um, Spurs at home. We drew with them 1-1 last season. I was actually at that game, and they were like peak Conte Spurs mm-hmm. with their kind of low block, and they think uh, Son scored on a breakaway. Um, this team, based on what I saw in the Newcastle game, does not look like it has a lot of confidence. Looks like it has a lot of holes in the defense, especially if they play forward at the back, which I'm sure they won't. Um, Daz, I'll start with you. If you, you've seen them play, what, what's your expectation about Spurs at home? Uh, I just wanted to raise this point. How many teams have we played against this season alone that have had a new manager come in almost right before, like right before we've played them. Is it Brighton yeah. with the yeah. Serbia? I want to say. Yeah. There was. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll Spurs. Chelsea. 
Chelsea. Yeah. It's either oh. three or four. Well, Everton wasn't. That that was. It was a like, little later on, I think. Was it? We got them all though. But it's it, <laughs> it's just interesting that that, that seems. That, it seems to be how it breaks for us. I know that that, that, that evidence, like long-term data evidence, would suggest that that new manager bounces absolute bollocks. Yeah. But having said that, we were we probably skew on the the, the anomalous side of it, where somehow we like the team comes back and and has like one of their best games in the previous month when they play us. Look, uh, based on the evidence that I watched. I want to say that Ryan is it Ryan Mason. I want to say that he's he's coached them before in the in the same capacity. He did. Probably he did. Coached six matches and won four. Well, that's us fucked in. Well, no, uh, so, Sherwood Regen. Yeah, that's right. That is exactly right. That's why I remember it. Um, they were a much different team in the second half, which. I don't think that that necessarily is a Ryan Mason thing. I, they seem to. I remember watching them in first halves of other games. I'm like, they are fucking abject. Yeah. And then they turn it on in the second half, and they get a result, either a tie or a spawny win. And that was more of the same today. Like they they weren't all that great in the first half, and Manchester United seemed to be able to cut through them fairly easily. And then they just seemed to find a, a different gear in the second half. And th- 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 quite honestly. Barring the Bruno miss, which was horrendous, they, they could have won that game. They had enough opportunity, like good goal-scoring opportunities, to, to win that game. Uh, I won. I worry about is it Kuliszewski? Am I pronouncing that correctly? Kuliszewski. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that, like he's he's going to be the biggest threat for me. Um, Robbo's going to have to be honest. He did not start today, did he? He did not. But when he came on, it was the difference maker. He oh, was okay. he was okay. bright. He was like he basically led whatever they were trying to do. Yeah. Um, and he freed up Kane to, to to have a much better second half as well. Yeah. Um, and and the best right back in the world couldn't shut them down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that makes me laugh. Uh, no, they actually made I, me laugh too. I'm, I'm going to leave this podcast in disgust. <laughs> you, fell for, you guys fell for the clickbait around around Aaron Wampasaka. Oh, Justin, this is a clickbait. The the Athletic actually had a piece today about like what who transformed Wampasaka into the best one on one defender in the world. The problem is the problem has never been his one on one defending. He's a good one on one defender. He's constantly caught out of position. Right, he doesn't defend well as a part of a team construct ever, and. Actually, the entire premise of kicking a ball is foreign to him. He is trash at 50 million pounds. He is the worst signing in Premier League history. I will have no fucking, like... Harry Maguire enters the chat. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Harry Harry Maguire is a better center back at 85 million pounds than Aaron Wampasaka is a right back at 50. Yeah, yeah. So, So just to show you how warped this... Athletic article was um, the guy actually quotes Paolo Maldini, who says, "Who says when I have to make a tackle, I know I'm like it, I made a mistake. It's it's like I'm in the wrong position." It's like, and there's writers like, "Well, I beg to disagree because Wamba Saka has made this many tackles." <laughs> it's like, uh, I think that's a, that, that, quite a point. Shabby Alonso said so the same thing. He did. If I'm making a tackle, we're not doing it right. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look, I, I think that those kinds of quotes are like they sound great and they're basically like useful for 
oh, well, my positional sense is just so much better than everybody else's. Like, you know, sometimes you actually do have to tackle, and I'm not necessarily my, – my, I'm not mad if my defenders have to make tackles, right? That's kind of what they're there to do. You want yeah. your midfielders to make more of them, but, like, that's what they're there to do. It's just – and this goes back to also the Spurs game, right? Is it really that they're that they found a second wind, or is it just that they're terrible defensively and United are terrible defensively? And when you put two defensively terrible teams against each other, two goal leads evaporate. I, hey, I think you made your point. We're not mentioning the right back of Manchester United again. Um, and look, look, I, I'm just going to bring this up here to kind of, you know, statistically prove my point here. Oh, I like nothing better. Ex- 2.32 xG to Spurs, what? 2.13 xG to United. The shot, but there were 35 total shots taken in this game. Each team had four big chances. Each team missed three big chances. The whole reason that this entire thing occurred, where Spurs came back into it, is because they surrendered a two goal lead because they are shit defensively, and United surrendered a two goal lead because they are shit defensively. Yeah. The, 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 there's nothing instructive for us here. <laughs> So what you're telling me is that we, we should steamroll them. Big chances in the first half, but it'll be over half time. We're yeah, I mean we're also not very good defensively away from home, but at Anfield recently we have actually been good defensively and also I don't I don't buy that this team has any confidence. Like look, anything could happen. It spurs, yeah. they have Harry Kane, moment, you know, like I said with Trent, you know, moments occur, but yeah. I'm not afraid of them. No. Okay, let me ask you this: In terms of defense, do you leave Matip in, or do you? No, if he was if he was healthy, I'm playing Ibu. Yeah, but he made a good he made a good enough case for himself to be able to to, to get this match. Go horses for courses on that one. What you're going to have is Yunmin Son, who even though he's been extremely diminished this year, running at Joel Matip, where you rather have, especially with this tactically where. Yes, Trent does recover to right back out of possession, but it doesn't always take the. It, it's not always a quick like time to get there. I would rather have Ibu if I have to cover larger spaces against a faster player. So, so old, I like it. Yeah, no, I, I I totally agree on that. That leaves ten other positions up for grabs. And or, or, do you think? Well, so I think on paper you would say, oh, well, they're going to do rotation against Fulham, right? Because they've got way less threats. Mitrovic is not back. Do you think they'll, they'll do any rotation against Spurs? I'd probably start at Tiago for Henderson. Okay. You think so? I mean, that's what I would do. I don't think he's going to. Yeah. That is a lot of football for Henderson in two weeks, man. Yeah. Yeah. He did take him off, though, right? But, uh, no, so. I mean, which which suggests that he's probably yeah. going to start Henderson. Mm-hmm. It does. But I just probably wouldn't because – um. I think Henderson's getting harangued for his performance against West Ham yesterday. And like in some instances, he it, it, it's for me, it's such a, a game of what he did on the ball versus what he did off the ball yeah. on the ball. Fine. Created a big chance. Kept the ball ticking. You know, it, it was, it was a, it was a Jordan Henderson, decent, decent to good on ball performance without being like, you know, the greatest player of all time. Yeah. Off the ball. He was Chasing ghosts. Didn't I mean he didn't even attempt? He didn't. He he had no attempted tackles or duels yesterday. Like off the ball, Shabby Alonso. Is. I'll just say Shabby Alonso. I'm sure his tackle number. So I I do think that um, I'm glad Sean isn't here. That Fabinho and Henderson, the 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 default now has become to like 
anything goes wrong, Rod, like Trent, then they get critiqued. I actually thought that in the last couple of games, they've both been pretty decent. I mean, I don't want to see Fabinho's back because that's always dangerous to do. But well, I, I, he had someone standing on his dick. Trent hey. like was within 15 yards of him pretty much the entire game. Yeah, look, the problem I, with Fabinho is we ran the legs off of him and he's been still being asked to cover like like almost every blade of grass. And now, now he's not. Have to do that now he's not because Curtis Jones yeah. is helping him do it. Yeah. And, and Trent. And Trent. It's it's... For me, for me, it's just the uh, the elephant in the room is you can't play Henderson too too much over a period of time because he can his performance levels are at his best when he actually gets ample rest. The more you play him, the more it it, it starts to resemble um, a crash test dummy hitting uh, hitting hitting the wall at high speed. Yeah, I also think there's a serious point about the role he's playing now with all of these changes. Like he's not the yeah. ideal person to be playing that role. But that doesn't necessarily, for me, equate to definitely shit. Uh, I actually think he, wherever we've asked him to play, pretty much he's usually come up with. You know, apart from times this season when he's been overplayed, he, he's he's usually been good enough. We say this all the time. One of the biggest attractions of any football fan, and especially on Twitter on on podcasts, is people's inability to 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 soak up context or to at least like. Like brush up against context. It's always, it's always right up. Like this, the, right at this moment, he look, he doesn't, he's out of position. Right at this moment, he's not great. Like you don't look at the broad, like at what's happening that might have led up to why he's not potentially having his best game. Yeah. And uh, uh, because we're all shot, like I, I guess we live in the world of shock jockery, where everyone has to have a hot take where. You, you motherfuck somebody out of hand because they didn't play well in that moment. Gianna said something along the same lines. And I'm, I know I'm crossing the streams here, but he said like uh, Jordan won six and won, won what six and fifteen years. So was he was was he a failure in the other nine of them? Like no, it's like like there's there's things that happen corollary corollary. Like I'm waking up a word here, but that that that, that influence so goes on. Hey man, I'm I'm great about making up. I think Daz added an extra syllable. Yeah, he might have. Yeah. But it's fine. Yeah, yeah, there's the other elephant in the room, which is Giannis is just ducking Jalen Brunson. We all know it. Oh stop! Oh, uh, I'm I'm going to have to put a stop to the basketball chats because no, <laughs> no idea what's going on, frankly. Um, so uh, da da da. There was, a, there was one more point to make about Jordan Henderson, and I've completely forgotten what it was, which is not really good when you're recording. Um, <laughs> so what <laughs> any, any other changes you think we'll make? Like, we still going with the Jota, Gakpo, Salah against... Um... I, I pr- I'd imagine you probably would, because like, how much fitness do you think Diaz has built up at this point? Mm-hmm. He's, point. I mean, anything I think you get at it, Anything you think it, that you get out of Diaz, I think for the rest of the season is just it's nice and it's good because it gets him ready for next season. Yeah, but the the die was cast on a lot of our ambitions for this season when we didn't have Diaz and Tiago healthy for Real Madrid. Yeah, no, I, I totally totally agree. Um, I will say this: I feel like Diaz has come back looking more like Diaz more quickly than Jota did when he came back as yes. part of the injuries. Yeah, yeah. So, which is heartening. At this point, it does not look like his pace has been impacted, but his, his timing may be still slightly off. Um, the, although some of the, the the thing he did against uh, Forest was it? Yes, it was like it was, it was like telephone box stuff. It was. Oh yeah, 
Yeah. That said, also, like, I mean, if you're thinking about the rest of the lineup, um, back four basically picks itself. I think with I think I think you bring Ibu back in. Yeah. Um, yeah. and then if there's any inclination in Jurgen Klopp's head to not start Cody Gakpo in this match, I would I would strongly urge him to ignore it. <laughs> I'd I'd low uh, uh, my knowing the little I do about the Spurs backline, they don't think they've got they've not got a single standout central defender. Um, I don't think they'll enjoy any of them playing Nunez. Uh, I mean, Romero's had a. I mean, Nunez destroyed them at the Tottenham Stadium. Yeah. Um, they have had a a really uneven season from Christian Romero. Yeah. Who is their best center back? And he's he's just become kind of uh, at points in time this season a real walking liability. Yep. Commits to things he can't get to. Just stupid fouls in terrible areas. Yeah. But I think it's also just the elephant in the the elephant in the room about Spurs is that Hugo Lloris is extremely past it. Yeah. They didn't play he didn't play today. No. No. They played Luch. No. Yeah. No, that that's uh that goal he let in against Jacob Murphy. If anyone's questioning Allison over the Paquetta goal, then ooh boy, that there's there's Oh Lloris was so terrible against Spurs. Yeah. yeah. So so terrible. Newcastle. Newcastle. Newcastle, yeah. yeah. He was terrible for Spurs. He is, he is, he is a bit against Spurs. probably terrible against Spurs, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, also, okay. what is a Pedro Poro? Oh, that is, he's weird, right? It's like... Goal was well taken today. Very well taken. But, but, but So he looks like he's a, he'd be great in midfield, but he's shite as a defender. Like, every game I've seen him play, he's given up something. That's what I said, is like, Diaz would cook that left-hand side. Yeah. Would cook it. Yeah. 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 Little pinch of salt, maybe some cumin, I don't know. <laughs> oh. He's gone. Yes, he's past them. Uh okay. So uh Spurs, easy victory. Oh, oh. Uh, might not be an easy victory. But um I I guess one concern and, and this applies to all the games going forward, but I think we touched on this in the first part, is I do have a concern that we, we don't have a uh, sort of a defined way of scoring. You know, I think when we had you know, Salah, Mane, Firmino, there were like certain goals they scored. Of like, oh, yeah, that, that's them. I don't think we have that yet. Uh, we seem heavily, heavily reliant on corners. Is, Set is pieces that, are a perfectly legitimate way to score goals. But if that's your only way to score, that feels limiting. No, well... Cody Gakpo scored one from 23 or 24 out. Yeah, that doesn't feel like, oh, we planned that. You know, it doesn't feel like, oh, yeah, this is what we do. We give Cody the ball 25 yards out and he plunks it in. No, I agree yeah, with you. I, scored, I, I, we I scored. couldn't tell you what a Liverpool goal looks like yeah. right now. Yeah. Like a quintessential Liverpool yeah. goal. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, like back in the day, Quintessential for me was, uh, I think it was against Newcastle, the goal that Salah scored, where Bobby f- the kind of flipped off his back heel uh, into Salah's path. Mm-hmm. Um, that felt like, oh, that's one of that's, that's the goal we score. Like the dynamism aspect of it, yeah, yeah. yeah. unstoppable yeah. force. Yeah, I think that'll come as our press continues to get better. Because, like, if you think about it, our playmaker is often just transition pressing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And we've been getting better at counterpressing in the last few weeks again. It just, we also counterpress significantly deeper on the pitch than we used to. Like our press used to be up against teams 18s. Now we're at, you know, closer to a mid block, but. That's one thing. That's one thing we didn't talk about Curtis Jones. I think that at this juncture should be mentioned. His pressing has, has been very, very good in the last specifically I, I, two games. I believe we did talk about that. Oh yeah. I was drinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's worth mentioning again, though. I think it's fair to say because it was that good. It was very good, as good as as good as uh, Dad's glass of Chablis. <laughs> it's actually a Toronto's, but that's all right. Huh. It's a what? Well, I'm, I'm not, I, I, I can't bring it. It's a Spa- it's a Spanish red wine. It's a Spanish white. Look away! Look away! Okay, all right, subscribe. Right. Move, move, moving, moving on, moving on. Um, so, so that's Spurs. Uh, we're going to play, what, again, we're going to do this Sunday. I guess at least the Saturday game is not like the 7.30 kickoff, but we're going to do again the Sunday, Wednesday, uh, Saturday uh, sequence. Um, midweek is Fulham. Um, they give us gave us a game at the stadium, although I still think we should have won that in the end. The Henderson one that bounced off the bar. Wow. Um, but uh, what, what's, our, what's our thoughts about playing uh, Fulham? They have looked apart from um, the win over Everton. I think they have like lost four of the last five. I think they, they're not on a great run. Um, that they are probably the one team in the league that is absolutely safe, but has no hope of playing in Europe, uh, and therefore is most likely, I think, to be uncommitted unless uh, Marco Silva decides that um, winning at Liverpool is important for his resume. I don't know. It, it, it's they're they're a Neil Young record right now. They're on the beach. Oh, what's the next line in that song? Living out here on the beach, and those seagulls are so out of reach. Anyway, um, yes, and they won't catch Brighton. This now, <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's exactly what I was going for. It's like, oh, I, sorry, what's that? Does um, team formers they lost to Bournemouth. They lost to the Hammers. They beat Everton. They beat Leeds, and they lost. Oh, so they beat Leeds. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think they were lucky to beat Leeds, weren't they? That felt like a game that the bits I saw of that game, it felt like Fulham didn't really care, and then they ended up scoring because Leeds are not great defensively. I, I look. I watched a little bit of the game against Villa just because I wanted. We're playing them mm-hmm. pretty in pretty near succession, so I wanted to see both of the squads. And they're not the same without Mitrovic. They, they, they're just not. They had opportunity. Don't get me wrong. They had opportunities in the, in the, in later on in the game, but they, that's from what I remember. But they, they're, they're not this. They don't seem to be the same, same squad as they were earlier on in the season. And I'm not saying that it's, it's necessarily they're just losing a talismanic striker, but it's, it, it's, it has impacted them. Yeah. They just don't look like the same team. And again, it's if you had a, if you had to press me two years ago, we're like, yeah, we'll probably beat them two one, like kind of coast, maybe give up an early goal, beat them two one. But you just don't know what you're going to get from our guys anymore. But having said that, winning breeds winning, and we've won three on the spin mm-hmm. in, in different fashions too. So you have to take that you have to take that into into account as well. It's uh, to Justin's point earlier on, like the fact that we we came back and beat. West Ham on their patch, yeah. and the way that we did it, and, and 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 the fact that it's 
unique to this season that tells you that we we seem to be. Look, I'm not going to say that we're we're a, a, a sterling team to watch right now, but it's you can see the nascent shoots of something now, and yeah, it's you can it, you can continue to to grow from from what 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 we're seeing. Whereas before, we had so many like false dawns and like. You beat you beat Manchester United seven 0 then you lose to Bournemouth one 0 and it, it, it just sows the seeds of doubt. Whereas now you seem to be like those seeds seem to have been replaced by seeds of like of of actual growth, like proper growth. Yeah. Well, I think there are number as much horticulture as I've got in me, by the way. So you guys, are, there are a number yeah. of things that are different in your spring garden. One of them <laughs> is um, the, the, just to make the point before, which is this: the West Ham game, first time we've come back from being down away from home all season in the Premier League. Um, we've won two games away from home in a row. Now, again, that's not happened this season. Um, we we beaten randomly what Newcastle, Spurs and Villa uh, before these two games. Um, and in each of, in all of those games, what we had a two nil lead. Um, and then. And clung on and clung on for clung dear on, life. And clung on. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so this feels quite different. We also um, have not been that bad at home. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think our memories of it might be worse than the, the actuality, but um, we've, we've, We've drawn more games at home this season than before. We obviously lost the one against Leeds. We've won an awful lot of games as well. We've got three games at home in a week. And, you know, frankly, at this point, it feels like we've got something to fight for. Um, even if, uh, you know, even if Newcastle and, and Man United uh, find a way to keep on winning and, and get the Champions League places. Yeah, at least make them earn them. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, we've, we, we've talked to... Uh, Actually, I can't remember what was on air and what wasn't. Did we? Did we talk on? Uh, we talked about Spurs and and, and United. Um, United. Uh, are we? Um, do Do we think they're the ones to target in terms of like yes. the ones we can catch? Yeah, Newcastle's actually good. United yeah. aren't. Yep. Um, what? And and, and we, we, again, I can't remember. We talked about this. Uh, like. On, on the recording, but their running would give you some concerns if you were a United fan and you kind of looked at what they'd done um, up so far. It would give me um, concerns looking at what they've, what they've done. It would look give me concerns looking about what you have available on your back line. Like, we could say all we want about Lotaro, about, about um, uh, Lisandro Martinez. Martinez. But, like, he's he's undersized, but he's not a bad defender. Right, like yeah. the, the wisdom there is the fact that he's just not big enough to probably play as a Premier League centre back. Yeah, Varan is actually, you know, look, he's not as he's not what he once was. He's still a decent defender. Um, you have neither of them. You're basically stuck with playing Luke Shaw at the left side centre back role to do the Martinez role, which is how he's going to do this. And then you're basically playing Lindelof or Maguire. Like that's that's not ideal. And that's that you know the easiest way to go on a run of bad form. Is to just start leaking goals. Yeah, yeah. Did uh, Maguire play today? No, Lindelof was the other. Was Maguire wasn't even in the squad. I think Lindelof's underrated. Actually, uh, I think he, I, he should have been sent off today. He should have yeah. been sent okay. off today. Greater Manchester area uh, referee Anthony Taylor judged a cynical foul on a yellow card, not to be a second yellow card, and he stayed on. It was absolute codswallop. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. You know what it is with Lindelof and, and, and McGuire? It's they're perfectly acceptable center backs if mm-hmm. you are playing a system where the two of them don't get up the pitch at all. You, your line is very deep. Like, yeah. neither, but that's not how Ten Hag is trying to set them up to play. So there's going to be the, there's going to be a, that, that risk is going to exist. Yep. Yep. Um, which is good because this means that if we keep winning, um, then um, at least frighten them a little bit. Um, a couple of other things that maybe we're touching on. Um, I know we've had a lot of chatter about uh, Frank Lampard in our, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and so so we'll, we'll go with both sides of this, right? Um, if for Sean's benefit, uh, Frank Lampard's Chelsea uh, have not won a game when he's been manager. I've only scored one deflected goal, I think, in the whole time. Um, right. Maybe it's slightly unlucky um, against Brentford because apparently Brentford only had one shot on on target, but somehow still managed to win two nil. Uh, against Chelsea, <laughs> which is just great. Uh, yeah, uh, are Chelsea going to win another game? I don't know. It, well, is Frank Lampard going to be fired as the the second interim manager to be fired in like uh, recent weeks? Lampard will see the end of the season, and then will never manage another match in the Premier League. Oh, I think he's making sure of that right now. Yes, yes, I think he's cementing his legacy. They will win one more match. Yeah. Oh, what the one against? What is United? We hope they're going to win at Old Trafford. <laughs> <laughs> that would be just yes. That was the perfect setup. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Well, you know, it, if that's one of their last matches, it would complete a circle because it wasn't one of Lampard's first matches in charge of Chelsea, where they lost four nil at Old Trafford. Four nil at Old Trafford. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Solskjaer was like a hero of the day. Oh boy. Don't we wish for those days? Solskjaer managing United. Anyway. Eh, we don't have to wish that far. Ten Hag is basically him. <laughs> I think... Uh, Just less hair. That's, that's, that's slightly unfair. Maybe slightly more astute. But I do think his dependence on players that have been great in Eredivisie is a bit of a worry. Um, you know, like Malassia and Anthony. I mean, 80 million for Anthony. I mean... Makes Todd Bowley seem like a a, a wise a penny pinching uh, like a. There's this bad that. assumption in football that if you're Dutch, you must be really smart. The, I think there may be that. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. And I think Ten Hag's getting the benefit of yeah. that. Yeah, I think I think some people who are Dutch are smart, but what is that? The, there is a phrase about this, like, but not all. Some uh, some. some some men are doctors. Some men are tall. All doctors are tall. Right, right, right. That's yeah. uh, Dutch. Dutch people are smart about football. Now, anyway, yeah, it's where you end up, and they're not always. Yes. Um, final word. I, 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 Everton are doomed, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hold, please. Yeah. I found a tweet from Sky Bet Championship. To the effect of, one second, let me find it because it's worth it. Hi, Everton. We've made a bet up for you. Sky Bet Championship. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I, so, so, as funny as it is to kind of watch them stumble, it really won't be good for the city. And we've talked about this, I know, before. Because um, that stadium will never be built and they may not even exist uh, if they have to go down. Their money, 
are around. Their finances are awful. I mean, just such a mess. Well, I mean, the the club is legitimately at risk. Yeah. 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 I don't know if you saw that actually, Justin. Those, those, the auditors actually said in the audit report um, that they may struggle to continue as a going concern if they got relegated yeah. to the championship. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it also, they're probably looking down the barrel at a points deduction yep. the second they get there. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're screwed. Yeah. Ah. When does, uh, so, what is the? I don't pay enough close enough attention to them, but so what is what's the process for the the points deduction? They still doing due diligence as to whether or not they should deduct the points because it's I mean it's, now, they've, they've, it? it's they've, they've been charged and it goes to the independent adjudicator. Yeah. So to be clear, they have one charge, which relates to last season. That's one hundred and fourteen. Less charges than 114 less, that's, what, that's exactly where I was going. 114 less charges than Manchester City. Does that mean that if they get points deducted, Manchester City should get 114 times that point deduction? Because that'll be sweet. I mean, it'll set a precedence if they're found if they're found guilty. Because yes, no, it just means they pay a 114 more pound fine. Yeah, yeah. Anything involving money is meaningless. Clearly. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. Well, this is. This has been fun. We will be back uh, hopefully next week after Liverpool played Spurs and Fulham. Um, uh, if Enrique is listening, shout out to him. He's going to be at both of those games. Uh, yes, sir. Um, so maybe he'll come on and, and tell us what it was like actually being in Liverpool at the stadium. Um, both of those wins. Okay. Not saying that. Um, thanks, Daz. Thanks, Justin. Great to see you both. Um, yeah. Uh We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening if you made it this far. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share with a friend. Follow us at First Day Copites on Twitter. We only tweet and retweet from sources we think are credible. Finally, music is courtesy of Hypnotic. They're a Welsh electro pop band, and you can find them at https colon forward slash forward slash hyperfollow.com forward slash hypnotic. Hypnotic is H Y P E N O T I C. Thanks so much to them.